0: If you look right up here at this banner, it says, The vision of our church, for those of you that may not know it, is locally to globally pursuing every heart with the love of Jesus. That means it doesn't matter whether you live in Syracuse or other parts of the world, your heart, the fact that you exist, is worthy of being told the story of Jesus. And we enjoy the fact that we get to hear that here regularly. And as you walked into our lobby, you noticed that we had a a picture of the world, a map of the world and and strings attached to different places in the world where we support actively missionaries that are representing Grace Assembly to the lost around the world. One of our favorite missionaries, and maybe their favorite because they came from this church, they were called into the the ministry from here, they were called into missions from here, is Tim and Debbie Anderson, And uh, I would like for us to give a wonderful Grace Assembly of God welcome, as we welcome home Tim and Debbie Anderson as they come to share with us this morning.
1: What a great time to be alive and here in Grace Assembly with all that's going on. Excited about your new move coming up? It's, wow, uh, incredible and something to look forward to, but I was having some nostalgia, uh, remembering over the years, um, and this was our launch pad, uh, to become missionaries. We were, both came to Grace as singles. Um, I was four, she was three. <laughs> Kinda. And uh, married to become missionaries uh, here at Grace with Brother Sorgi and Sister Sorge. Uh and uh, so many powerful beautiful times of waiting on God at the altar uh, until that happened and uh, now we're approaching our 38th year coming up as missionaries um, in Ecuador and uh, look forward to another 38 after that (laughs) if the Lord should tarry (laughs) so anyway We've got two books um, on the uh, table, 30 stories in 30 years. Debbie and I wrote about seven-plus years ago, and um, they're there, $15. If you don't have the money, just take one and pray. And just have a a new one, a devotional, 156 devotionals from my early morning devotions uh, in Ecuador and uh, meditation. So... Those are $5, and if you don't have the money, just take one and pray. They're in the table as long as they last. So please, and don't read this at night. There are a lot of scary stories in here, so don't, do not read this at night. Spoiler alert right there. So anyway, um, Debbie's going to share a few things, and after that we'll have a couple of quick videos, and I want to share the word and some stories uh, about what's been going on in Ecuador. Take it away, honey.
2: How many of you men would love to put your wife on a timer? (coughs) Oh yeah, no comments, no comments. Uh, So he gives me five minutes in the second service, but I will go as fast as I can. Plus, I need to speak directly to all you young people, all right? So just keep that in mind, stop multitasking back there, and just focus for four minutes and 35 seconds, all right. We have a crisis with the Assemblies of God and it is a shortage of missionaries. One of the greatest things as a denomination that we do is bring in missionaries. I think it was 3 weeks ago you had a young fella, 26, Kai Alpha missionary. I bet I would put my last nickel that he listened to a missionary and got serious with God. Are you calling me to do full-time missions? And that's how he got called. We got called years ago right here listening to Melvin Todd, Melvin and Betty Todd, years ago. And I remember other, other people, uh, Dale Priser was powerful. Another guy named Dick, I can't think of his last name. Dick was, it, they just change your life when you listen to what they've done by just stepping forth in a foreign field. Well, right here, you guys are missionaries for us. You are our hands and feet in central New York. I say if you know Jesus, you're a missionary. If you don't know him as your personal savior, you're considered a mission field. There used to be a sign at the the back of this uh, sanctuary that says you are now entering the mission field. But you know what? We This is where we're at. Just stats in Latin America. We have only 365 missionaries, fully fully appointed missionaries. We have 99 missionary associates. They can go for as little as two months up to two years and work under a senior missionary. We have 642 unreached people groups in Latin America. That means they've never had a gospel witness. They've never had anyone come and talk to them about the Lord and what a personal relationship is all about. In the world right now, we have 53.7 million constituents, but we have 40 countries with no missionary presence. That That's tragic. And we need, guess what? If you're over 55, I highly doubt that you're going to become a full-time missionary. But if you're, say, 15 to 25, 28, I would ask you to seriously pray and say to God, are you calling me to Step out of my comfort zone? Are you wanting me to be a missionary on a foreign field? Because guess what? We need you. We need you. This next-gen thing, that's huge. That is so huge. I love that Grace has a powerful program for children. Three of our grandchildren go here. We have six grandchildren, but these three, I'm believing for powerful things. They're all, well, Benji's not in Royal Rangers yet, but Benji, Finney, and... Um, Liam Waterman are here. I'm sorry. He got up at 345. I wasn't far behind him. Um, so we're, we're a little bit weary. But anyways, I just, I just got up this morning and I said, Lord, use this service to show your glory. Show me your glory. Show everyone your glory. You are powerful. What he's doing with Grace Assembly, you're just, it's just the tip of the iceberg. What did you say? 31,000 people? Over 30,000 cars driving by. I just exponentially, what the Lord's going to do through this church, it's, it's exciting. It's, it just really makes me excited to think about it. And I just want to challenge you young people. You know what? They used to have a thing a couple years ago with the AG. It was called Give a Year, Pray About a Lifetime. Give a year, pray about a lifetime. Maybe you don't hear the clarion call, the clear voice like we did when we were 24 and 27 sitting here in Grace Assembly. But you know what? He can. He can stir your heart as you go out on a missions trip. Many young people are called into missions, missions work from missions trips. And so I just want to thank you for many, many years. 38 years is a long time, folks. 38. God blessed years that he's kept us. He's kept our five kids. He's kept 40 years of marriage. What are you laughing at? It's not funny. I mean, I would just think about it. Oh my gosh, I still feel like I'm 35 most days, uh, even though you lose your train of thought here and there. But anyway, I'm down to seven seconds. We love you guys. Come back and see us. Get a prayer card. Thank you for all you people that have come to the jungles and worked with Tarzan and Jane. I'm out. Bye.
1: A drone shot of the team Challenge uh, video, well there we go, in uh, Ecuador, so we wanted to do that. Uh, started that about 30 years ago, and then of course going into the jungle, and you can see uh, our Bible school complex and what we're hoping to do there, and the last part of it, the prayer tower, which is our newest project and probably the biggest thing that will go on in the future to reach the 600 unreached villages. So if you have those, please show those two videos, and then I'll share the word. This is Tim Anderson. Uh, my wife and I, Debbie, are missionaries here in Ecuador for 37 years. We're in front of our uh, Team Challenge building uh, that we built about 30 years ago, and uh, just want to share a little bit about that and and how God's uh, brought us into this ministry.
2: What's the purpose of Team Challenge?
1: Uh, anything that controls you and doesn't allow you to live uh, a vibrant, normal, abundant life—that's um, what Team Challenge is for to bring you into that. Total transformation. Uh, we're new creatures in Christ. Uh, we're not the same as we used to be uh, by the sinful activities that used to define us uh, from Second Corinthians 5-7, we're new creatures in Christ. Uh, and that takes time, and that's a process. And uh, that's what we do here.
2: What type of success rate have you seen in this ministry?
1: We have about a 60% uh, uh, recuperation rate. Uh, some 1,500 families over the last 30 years have been uh, rejoined, reunited, and uh, young people and and men set free uh, through the program, through coming to Christ and total freedom in Him.
2: I imagine it takes a pretty strong team to keep a ministry like this moving forward.
1: Yeah, um, here at Teen Challenge, uh, there it's 24-7. You've gotta have leaders here all the time. And you have to have people that really have Christ and love the students. We have Bible teachers, we have psychologists, we have medical people. We have uh, a social worker. We have uh, the ones that are in counseling, that pray with people. Um, We have a team of about 15 people here uh, that help us uh, every day uh, with the students. And so uh, without that team, it doesn't work.
2: And what can the church in the United States do to help?
1: We could really use uh, uh, help on a monthly basis. We offer this program for about a fifth of the price that others do. Uh, We're dealing with a lot of people that are are poor and do not have the resources to be able to to come in here. Any way that we can receive support, uh, prayer support financial, that would be incredibly helpful.
2: Hi, and we are here in the middle of the world in Ecuador. Two Mile High Quito, where we live, we've been ministering in foreign missions for 37 years. We have five grown children, six grandchildren, and we're still young at heart. Uh, We just wanna share a little bit of what's been going on in our ministry here, especially in the last 10 years, working in deep Amazon.
1: Debbie and I uh, have a heart and a vision for the Shuar people. They are world famous for their head shrinking, But God is jealous for them and has great desire to bring light, a strong, powerful light into the darkness Uh, they've been in for millennia.
2: This is a people group that has not received a good news message, a message of hope, message of salvation. There is a lot of sorcery and witchcraft that is still going on. There are shamans that are active, spiritism and a lot of fear and bondage. And we want to bring the hope of the gospel into the areas where they are without hope and they are living in fear. They are living in a lot of uncertainty, poverty, deep anxiety, and a fate, almost like a fatal attitude. And so by bringing the gospel to them, it revolutionizes their lives. And they are put in, filled with new hope and, and new education that with Jesus, all things are possible.
1: The Lord has really put in our hearts to start a seminary there, a 20-acre uh, property that we have, and to raise up mighty warriors, to go deep into the jungle, to reach the over 600 isolated and faraway villages. It takes a lot of strength, a lot of energy, and the great anointing of the Holy Spirit to do that. We have among our villages within a several mile period, over 600 youth and uh, children to raise up to be those laborers the last part of the uh, complex is this uh, six-story prayer tower that we're looking to build we're just getting the foundation uh, going and started right now that we can start building on it we need desperately the funds uh, for the superstructure and then to build a wall around it that'll be 125,000, and so Pray about being a partner with us to help raise that. Uh, When that goes up, we will have prayer vigils, we'll have prayer retreats, pastors retreats, youth retreats, women retreats, and podcasts where we can join with our partners here in the States as well, and uh, God will just break through as uh, Pastor Nash uh, went through and prayed before Charles Finney uh, started his revivals uh, in, in many parts of the United States. Uh, and there was incredible receptivity because of the prayer going through. We need that as we go forth in deep jungle. Uh, there's a lot of very dangerous areas, difficult to get areas, and we need the Lord to break through before we ever get there. So pray about becoming a partner with us uh, for this project, and we will uh, share with you the eternal rewards, and they will be wonderful uh, for the 150,000 Shuar that need to hear about Christ. Open your Bibles to Luke 18, please. Luke chapter 18. And we're going to read the first eight verses. Parable and prayer. That's, well, the, the title of today's message is Why We Pray. Three parts of it. Purpose of prayer, power of prayer, and expected results of prayer. Luke 18, verse 1 to 8. Now he was telling them a parable to show them that at all times men ought to pray and not to lose heart, saying, In a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God or fear men. There was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him, saying, give me justice from my opponent or from my adversary. For a while he was unwilling, but afterwards he said to himself, even though I do not fear God or respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her justice, otherwise by her continual coming she will wear me out. (laughs) And the Lord said, what does, what does the unrighteous judge uh, and the Lord said? Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? And will he not delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Interesting how he ties faith with prayer and persistence. Will he find people praying when he comes back? If you have faith, you will pray. If you don't have faith, you won't pray because you won't see it as important. What you see as important and what you believe in, that's what you do. And so that's an interesting parable, powerful parable, and we can learn a lot from it. And God is not an unjust judge. He wants to help us. He is on our side. He is our Heavenly Father, and He's looking to help us. And prayer is not just, what's the word, a necessary, dismal exercise. When I learned to pray back in Teen Challenge days here in Syracuse, mostly it was to survive one more day. (laughs) <laughs> um, we got up at five every morning and prayed, but I would have to get up an hour early before them just to have to face those rebellious uh, Teen Challenge students and, and be ready to encourage them. I had to be encouraged, and I learned how to get that refreshing on a daily basis. That held me in good state as a missionary because you can get worn out very quickly. Anybody in any ministry or being a Christian with a lot of demands in your life, Satan, as as it talks about in, in Revelations, tries to wear out the saints. He tries to get you burned out. That's why we have to come to him daily and receive fresh grace, fresh anointing, rest. We have to do it. I used to run the 800 meters and in, uh, in high school. And I, I loved the race. Very intense. Pretty pleasant for the first 600. Last 200 were awful. <laughs> I mean painful. But I knew when they were done I could fall over and die and I'd be okay. I just looked forward to that. But you had to pace yourself. You start ripping off at first you're gonna get rigor mortis very quick. You had to learn how, what could you do with those two laps? And so the Christian uh, life is not just 800 meters, it's really a marathon, and we need that daily refreshing. This widow continually went and wore out the judge in a good way. When uh, we were celebrating our first term in Ecuador, we did a, actually an every night, seven night a week, 10 campaign for two years. Thinking back on that now, I thought you must have been crazy. (laughs) You know, you didn't even take Monday nights off. I think I would do that now, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm getting older, I'm getting soft. But we went every night for two years We gained 300 new converts in a very tough community to Christ. Now we're coming down to the last six months, and Debbie and I are getting ready to go to furlough. But I can't get ready for that and celebrate that. We have no place to go. Our rent contract ends in six months, and there's no place to go. There's no other areas that we can rent. We're right in the, a community that's set apart way up on a, uh, on a, a mountain, really. And uh, in desperation, I got up every morning at 4.30, got there by 5, and prayed from 5 to 7, Monday to Friday, crying out to God to help us. And I said, Lord, if I'm missing it, if there's another piece of property, if there's somewhere else, show, us, show me where. But there's nothing else. And we we're right on the main thoroughfare. The West Genesee of Ecuador. (laughs) And I said, I feel that you want us to have this. If I'm wrong, show me. Be open to be corrected. Amen? But I felt, no, this is where you want us. And so I didn't miss one day for the six months, but I was desperate. Desperation can be a good thing if it pushes you to God. Sometimes I was there alone. A lot of times, sometimes people from the church actually after a while thought, man, he's serious about this, isn't he? And, um, but anyway, after six months, against his will, the colonel, the, from the, he was a military man who was the uh, owner, buckled, broke, and against his will, sold us the property for a cheap price. And after he did, he was mad at himself. <laughs> he couldn't do a thing about it. God's finger came down as continual prayer went up. God's finger came down on this man's head. I did mention the first service, but now here we are 35 years later. Our original, one of our original deacons is now the pastor of that church. He also pastors five other works. He is all over the country as a major What's the word? A leader. And um, his name is Manuel Rojas. Pray for him. He's in really bad health right now. Thousands and thousands have come to Christ because we want it in prayer during those six months. Because without that, because the, our, that church became the base and the launching pad for the other works and many, many, many others uh, uh, leaders through that but we had to win it on our knees first. That is in one, and I'm going to share some other stories, that has convinced me that we need to reach these 600 villages deep in the jungle, a focused, intentional prayer effort. These are dangerous areas, isolated, far away, and um, the young guys that go there, we have several that are out there now, go through areas that they still shrink heads and to shrink a head you got to take the head off just think about it and uh, cannibalism it's not in the you know the tour books and we never had this conversation Uh, but when you get deep jungle where they've never encountered people it is very different and very dangerous very dark Smyrna was talked about in Revelations as Satan's throne. Well, Satan may not have a throne there, but he's got some, uh, what's the word, pretty good emissaries. But these young men are saying, Brother Tim, we're not scared. Jesus is with us. He's protecting us. We want to go through this. And they are dragging Debbie and I with them. (laughs) That's what's happening right now. We were going to relax rest and sit under a palm tree and drink lemonade in retirement but how can we do it when we have young men like this that are just fearless i said lord jesus help us help us to be able to finish what we've started here the road is coming deep into the jungle in these last seven or eight years and now allows us to unify our villages a lot more start this bible school you saw two properties that will now be joined, that woods between, the jungle between, is going to be out in the next few weeks, Lord willing, and unify that whole big area with all the leadership buildings, the Bible school, the prayer tower, all of those things will all be one big area. Um, And then um, from that, the sending point for our missionaries. And so Knowing that it works is why we do it. When Daniel Nash, retired Presbyterian minister, Lowville, New York. Everybody know where Lowville is, not that far. He was getting too old and they voted him out at 49 years of age, Pastor Doug. 49. You're going to be that in 10 more years. Got watch out. <laughs> and what could he do? I guess, of course, the longevity was not what it is today. But here he is, too old. 49 is too old to pastor. So God used him to be the intercessor for Charles Finney. And you know about Charles Finney. Wow. You talk about transformations. And for seven years, Daniel Nash would go before Finney. A month. Sometimes longer, sometimes two or three weeks, and begin praying, sometimes alone, sometimes with two other men would go with him and just lock themselves in and go after the worst, most violent man in the whole village. And Finney said, and Nash would say, after he falls, the rest will come in after him. And he would fall all the time because God's finger was upon him as he was that colonel who tried to kick us out and refuse to sell us that property when God's finger comes down on someone. Don't give up praying for relatives. Do not give up. Fifteen years ago I was praying for my Uncle Ross in Buffalo. He was 90. And I said, my Lord, he won't be alive when I get back. He and Aunt Shorty, she was short. He was tall. Both 90 years old didn't want anything to do with God, my dad's only brother, a very good man, a successful CEO with his own sign company in seven states, a faithful husband, a great guy, a wonderful man in many areas, but had got offended 70 years early in his church. Someone offended him, and he never went back, anything to do with God or the church, And in desperation, I said, I can't see him going to hell. That will not happen. And began praying every Saturday with Dan McLaughlin's father, Tom, some other men. We started praying two, three, four hours all year long. I would visit him several times, shared my testimony. He did kick me out one time, too. He would let me pray for him to be healed, but he wouldn't let me pray for salvation. He knew the difference. But I got back in the back door. I said, Aunt Shorty, your nephew Tim here. I'm preaching Buffalo again. Can I come in? Yes, that would be good. So I snuck in the back door again. Finally, my mother, 80 years old, makes a three hour trip to Buffalo, feels that God's in it. My aunt's pertained to sleep. She was at fake sleeping, so my mom would leave they're both diminishing in their health. My uncle then, in the the bed, in the room, just a few feet away, cries out, I'm ready! I'm ready to receive Christ. And then Aunt Shorty wakes up from her fake sleeping. Me too, me too. (laughs) She wanted to receive Christ earlier, six months earlier, but he stopped it and kicked me out of the house. I didn't know discouragement, because we were so focused on his eternity and they came in not too many weeks before they died do not give up you may be the only lifeline to your relative you have a divine commitment divine obligation to not give up and to keep the ropes out there where they can grab onto them and come upon the ark of salvation the Lord Jesus Christ your prayers are so important they are vital. Don't give up. Do not lose heart. You will see things happen. What happened to George Mueller when they were testing him, or some of his adversaries? Your friend, so-and-so, an atheist, is not saved. You've been praying for 60 years. Will he ever be saved? George Mueller probably, at that Time in his 80s, at least, George Mueller, who started all the orphanages in England, he said, uh, Of course he'll be saved. I'm praying for him. What else can happen? He had no doubt, and this guy was a hardcore atheist who, who was friends of the Mueller family. He said, But I have no doubt he will. Well, he did get saved. At George Mueller's graveside ceremony, he came to Christ. When George Mueller was being laid into the earth, he got saved. Have that same attitude that George Mueller had. What else can happen if we're praying and we won't give up praying? God will do incredible things, God will do miraculous things, do not give up praying for your loved ones. Do not. You don't have to talk to them, you just bring them before the throne and hold them before Jesus. Do that and watch what God does. Whether it takes five years or 50 years, God will do it. Don't give up on him. The thing about being in the jungle is we have lots of excitement. (laughs) The uh, village where we were at 32 years ago, I was with a doctor and dentist doing the outreach, Uh, different villages for several days with a small medical team, just a doctor and a dentist with me hiking in a lean-to, no door on it. I was in the front, they were behind me under mosquito nets and, uh, of course, you know, enjoying the wonderful atmosphere there. The next morning, the dentist goes, Tim, did you hear the dogs barking, how crazy they were? I said, no. I've got earplugs on. The jungle's noisy. No, I didn't hear a thing. And I heard this. Thing. He goes, how about that growl? Sounds like a roar, like right, here, right next to us, a big roar. I said, what? I looked up. Three feet from where I was laying was a giant paw print of a jaguar who had just been there a couple hours earlier, right there near me, right there. But, you know, I was under a mosquito net. What was he going to do? 250-pounder. You know? <laughs> wow, go, he got close, didn't he? <laughs> I've seen them twice. I didn't see him, but I saw uh, one time deep in the jungle, a very thick tail. Another one I saw a year ago with one of the team coming in as we're driving into the jungle about a hundred yards go before it went into the jungle I could see its big tail I go wow and this other woman was Debbie and I we saw it I go look at that I just want to share this that God wants us to pray he wants us to connect with him and to enjoy him and it's not dreary it's a relationship it's an audience with the king It's our best protection from being ambushed. We have a target on our back. If you're doing anything for God, you've got to have a target on your back. But you know who's got your back. That's the bigger thing. You have the Holy Spirit inside you. You have the Heavenly Father watching over you. You've got Jesus' blood, which protects you, and proclaiming it burns the demons like fire. They've said that on two different occasions when I've been praying deliverance. Don't say that, the blood. It burns us like fire. Of course, I say it all the time. (laughs) You have angels that are watching out for you, that are assigned to you. You've got a great contingent around you. Don't forget that. Don't fear being active for Christ He knows how to back up and protect his people until it's our time to go. So let's just ask the Lord to be able to help us finish, each one of us, what he has written in our book. Psalm 139, 16 talks about the book that is written for our lives. Let's not leave early and have blank pages. Let's fulfill everything he has written for us to achieve. And Debbie and I feel that there is still more to achieve before we go. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us, protecting us, and keeping us. Thank you that you are and never have been surprised or ambushed by Satan. You are always with us. Help us to draw close to you in prayer. Help us to pray in the Holy Spirit building up our most holy faith. Jude 20. Help us to do that on a daily basis and enjoy this wonderful and abundant life that you've given us to enjoy. Thank you Lord for a perseverance for our loved ones our relatives, our neighbors, our coworkers, those that you put in our lives are our divine obligation to hold them before your throne and see them come to Christ. Give us a mission's heart, Lord, that we will not grow weary. And when we do, Lord, let us wait before you until we're refreshed again, day by day, week by week, month by month, and year by year. Help us continue on this journey to heaven knowing that you're with us all the way. In Jesus' name, amen.